Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. Have you ever been walking in one direction and all of a sudden maybe you're not paying attention and you realize I'm going the wrong direction or you're driving in your car and you say, wait a minute, this is not the right way. I, I wasn't paying attention and you got to turn and, and go a different direction. That's kind of what happened to me this past week. You know, I'm going a, a certain direction uh, with my message series. And just so happened, I, this particular day, I had my ears open, my spiritual ears. And God said, I'm taking you a different direction. And so this morning, we're in a series called Hedges, I know. But this morning, God is taking us a little different direction. And it's just the Holy Spirit. I don't know where this is going to go or how it's going to end up. Uh, you know, but we're just going to follow the Spirit, amen, for a few moments. And and uh, God just put this word on my heart. And for our church, uh, he put this word on my heart. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about the mystery of God's will. The mystery of God's will. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. We'll get there in just a moment. Uh, in Ephesians, this, this book of Ephesians, probably for me, uh, if I were able to have a favorite book, uh, you know, Ephesians would possibly be my second favorite book. John, the book of the Gospel of John, uh, for me is, is my favorite just because it really brings out the deity of Jesus, you know, um, as he walked the earth. Um, but I know we, you know, we really don't have a faith. All of God's word is, is good. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that. But uh, Ephesians is a great book because Ephesians talks about the wedding of the believer. Ephesians is a book where Paul really gives us some insight into the mystery of God's will or what Paul calls the manifold wisdom, the many-folded wisdom of God and his will. And it, this book, it, this book really uh, capsulizes the mystery of God. It's, it's one of Paul's letters that really speaks to the heart, not only of who God is, but uh, what our relationship to him is. It's probably... The greatest declaration of who God is we, that we could ever discuss in the book of Ephesians when Paul talks to the church at Ephesus. And when you begin to unfold this book of Ephesians, the pages of Ephesians, this book really brings you to a new dimension of truth in God. It tells us that it, God never reacts. God is not a God that reacts. God always acts. Period. God never reacts. It's not God is not surprised. God is not saying, oh, now I got to do this. God is never that one that is walking this direction and all of a sudden realizes he's going the wrong way. <laughs> That's not God. Because if God reacted, then that means that whatever he reacted to has power over him. 
and nothing has power over God. He's second to none. God has never needed anything that God does not already have. And Paul brings this out in the book of Ephesians. There's not a mountain that God can't move. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Of course, he is the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He was he is, and he is to come. Blessed be our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. I'm going to say that one more time. God has blessed us, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Our issue is we just have to get the revelation. And there is a mystery sometimes to God's will. Why, Lord, why? Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 7, says that in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches, riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us. And here's one of my favorite words in the Bible, in all wisdom. There is no wisdom in the earth or in the universe that God doesn't have. In all wisdom and prudence. Watch this now. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, according to his good pleasure. If you're like me, you've, you, you've been around church for a while, you've been around the Word of God for a while, and there have been times when you said, Lord, I'm doing things what to, to, according to your Word uh, and what I believe to be the right way. I'm, I'm speaking your Word in this situation. I've, I've spoke to it, yet the person didn't get healed, or the thing didn't work out, or the, the finances didn't happen, and I, I want to know why, Lord. I, you know, I, I, I did what, what I heard the, the, the guy preach, or, you know, Joyce Myers preach, or this person preached over here and I, I did exactly that and it didn't seem to work out. Yet I know you're good. I know who you are, but why, Lord? What I don't understand this. There's a mystery to your will. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you show me? Why didn't you heal me? Why didn't you tell me sooner that my marriage would take this turn? Why did you take so long to tell me about this job? Why, Lord? Why? Why? What is the mystery of your will? And Paul writes to the saints at Ephesus, he says, according to the will, the will of God, the will, the will. How many know God has a will? He has a will. Anybody who's ever tried to raise a two-year-old knows about a will. You know what a will is. That's the kind of will I'm talking about. Stop doing that. No, I don't want to. You know about a will. You can break it, but it's, it's difficult. A will. I remember my grandfather had lung cancer. And I remember us all being in the room when the doctor came in there, just like it was yesterday. I think it was back in the late 80s. And uh, we were, our family was in the room and the doctor came in and he said, you know, you have lung cancer. You're, it's an advanced stage of lung cancer. And uh, Carl, his name was Carl. He said, Carl, do you understand what I'm saying to you? He said, yeah, I understand. You said, I have lung cancer. You know, I'm going to die. That was when my grandfather was just up front. You know, he didn't, he didn't beat around the bush. He said, you're saying I got lung cancer and I'm going to die. 
And I remember my grandfather did pass away from lung cancer some months later. But I remember going to visit him on that floor, that floor with all of these terminal patients. And you'd hear people talking in the rooms and the person in the bed next to him. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd hear people uh, and the doctor would tell him, you know, you only have a few months to live. You only have six months to live. You may have a year. You've only got weeks. And I saw, in fact, there was a woman who was next to my grandfather in the bed there who had a son that lived in Kentucky. And he said, you, you're, you're, he said, if you make it through the night, I'll be surprised. She said, my son's not here. I need to see my son. Don't you know that her son couldn't get there for two days? She lived for another month because she said, I'm not going anywhere until I see my son. The will, the will of a person. Now, I'm not talking about saved people. I'm talking about a will can be a strong thing. And, I, and this is the will of man. Paul's talking here about the will of God. The will of God. You know, I would rather have a strong will sometimes than, you know, the best biceps and triceps. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I want some good biceps and triceps. Where's Carrie at? She, I do. I want some good biceps and triceps. They look good on the beach, you know. Uh, but you can, you can have all of those things and be a wimp in your spirit. You can have all of those things and you'll still die from cancer or COVID or whatever it is. You know, that doesn't help you. It doesn't help you. I'd, I'd, I'd sometimes rather have a strong will. You know, I, I, I don't mind going to the beach. You know, I, I wear my T-shirt at the beach because I get cold sometimes. Uh, you know, but I, I, those things look good on the beach. I understand that. But God wants us to have a will, a will. He's given us his will. He's given us his will. And our will is but a shadow of what his will is a reality the will, the will of God, the will of God. And only in, it, not only is, is God's will powerful in terms of power, but in terms of wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God, the many-folded wisdom of God. A will is the express intent of the writer as he decrees or declares to the recipient or the beneficiary. Come on. What you're going to do. God, what is your will in this situation? What is your will for me? That's what I most want to know. I am finite. You are infinite. And I have to deal with the fact that I'm running out of time on this earth. And some of you are, are, are very young. Some of you are just starting out. Some, some of us maybe about midway. I don't know. It depends. We don't know how long we have, how many years we have on this earth. But I know for me, I'm at the point in my life, and I realized this week that I, I believe I've still got a long life left. But I look behind me, and I'm at the point where I cannot continue to make the mistakes of my youth. I, I can't keep making the same mistakes of my youth. Nothing wrong with youthful mistakes. We should learn from them. But I'm at the point now where I, I can't be distracted with this or that. I've allowed things to distract me so long, the, 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 the land of, oh no. <laughs> we, we've, allowed, we've been called to that place so many times in our life, and I'm at the point now, as many of you are, where I, I can't make the mistakes of my youth. So Lord, I need to know what your will is. I can't spend time chasing false realities. I, I, don't, I don't have time for that. When I was young, I could do that and recover and come back. 
You know, when I was young, I could eat three Big Macs and then go to the gym and still come back. When I was young, I was like, I was like Tegan, where I, where I could eat a bunch of jelly beans and, and lose a pound. Come on. But you get to a certain point where you can't be distracted anymore. We can't afford it. This time, I must get it right. This time, I have to ask God, what is your will for me? Paul said, having known the mystery, having made known the mystery of his will, which means God's will existed before he revealed it. His will, his will is not new. Oh, Oh, you now that's what you're saying. That's a, a new thing. And we love to say that. Now, listen, I'm not, I don't want to mess up your theology, but just for the, the, the purposes of what we're saying here today, we love to say that God is doing a new thing. But I want to tell you this morning, God's already done it. He's just revealing it to us. So I understand when we say God's doing a new thing to us, it's new. And say that. There's nothing wrong with it. But just understand your perspective has to be, it's not new to God. He had a will. He's just revealing it to us. He's just revealing it to us. God has a purpose in not disclosing his full will to you and I. He couldn't do that because if he did, well, I can't speak for you, but I'd mess it up. If I knew everything, if I knew it all, I would probably mess it up. I would probably mess it up. Think of Genesis chapter 22. <laughs> When Abraham, you might, you might remember this story. And God told Abraham, take your son, your only son, and go to the mountains. Go to a place where I'm going to show you. Come on, God, go to a place. I'm just supposed to start walking. I mean, surely you, you know the place. You know the place where I'm supposed to go. You know the mountain. You know how long it's going to be. You can't even give me some GPS coordinates. I could put it in Google Maps. Come on, Lord. Certainly you know the place. Just, 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 just go. Why do you put me in the region of the mountain and not show me which mountain? Surely you who determine the beginning from the end is not making up the script as you go along. You know which one, you know which job, you know which wife, you know which class, which college. Which, you know what I'm supposed to do, Lord. You already know the place. And even with your friend Abraham, your friend, you hid your will from him. Why did you not show me that I didn't have more time? Why did you not show me that you were getting me ready to move somewhere else? Why? Why? And Abraham said to Sarah, I'm going to take the boy. <laughs> We're going to go for a ride. Now listen, this is, this is great faith, folks. This, this, this scripture here, this, this, this is great faith. Not only on Sarah's part, this is great faith on Abraham's part. And I'm going to tell you why. You're, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking correctly that, yeah, it, it's great faith because God is telling him to go somewhere. And uh, he doesn't know where it is. So it takes faith to get there. But I, I want to be a little bit more practical with you. It takes great faith from Abraham because he said, uh, uh, God said, take your son, your only son, and, and take him to a place where I'm, I'm going to show you. And now he's got a knife and he's got some wood and he's got to tell Sarah, let me just tell you something. Anytime you have a mother 
and you go to her and you say, I'm going to take the boy and I got a knife and I got some wood and maybe we'll be back. That's not going to work, Jody. <laughs> that takes some great faith because Abraham might not have made it out of the house. I'm going to take your boy. So he had, Abraham had great faith. God hides it on purpose because there is something in the seeking. There's something in the stumbling. The purpose of the mystery. First of all, there's, there's something in the seeking that enriches us. There's something in the seeking that enriches us. And sometimes he hides from us to see if you want him bad enough to receive the blessing that he has for you. No question that he wants to bless you. And this is, he's not playing a game with you. This is not toying with you. But you just have to understand, in Scripture, God says, seek my face. He doesn't say, seek my hand. Seek me. Seek my face while I may be found. In my presence, there is fullness of joy. At my right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Come to me. Come to me is what God is telling us. Well, God, why, why, did, why, did, you, why did you move it? Why, why did you put it behind you? There's something to be gained in the knocking. There's something to be gained in the seeking that you, you couldn't have learned if God would have just given it to you. There's something to be gained about our relationship. Ask, seek, knock. Abraham, go to the place. And Abraham is running around just looking, looking, looking. He's, he's looking for the place. He's being obedient. He's just looking. And, and the Bible says that when they were three days off, three days off, he said, ah, there it is. That's the place right there. That's the place. I see it. Now I see it. Have you ever gone into a department store? Maybe you're, you're not quite like me gone into a department store and you know you needed a new shirt or you wanted to get a pair of shoes or whatever it may be. And uh, you go into the store and the lady comes up to you and she says, uh, may I help you? And, and you say, no, no, I'm just looking, which is a nice way of saying go away. It's a nice Christian way of saying go away. But she doesn't get the hint. So she says, well, what are you looking for? And you say... I'll know it when I see it. I don't know exactly, but I'll know it when I see it. I'll know which car when I see it. You go down to the car lot. You're not really sure which one. You, you test drive a few of them. I'll know it when I just feels good. This one is the one. I'll know it when I see it. God wants us to be so sensitive in our spirit that he doesn't have to give you Longitude and latitude. He doesn't have to give you GPS directions. He'll tell you, go, follow my word, follow my voice. And in your, I gave you my spirit. And in your spirit, you'll know it when you see it. There's a purpose in him allowing us to wonder. Over in Acts 17, 27, it says that his, it, he, he, he wants us to seek. It says that his purpose in all of this is that they should seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. The king, uh, New King James, I believe, uses the word grope. There's something in the groping. 
There's something in the groping. This is not suffering. This is just seeking after God. Seeking after God. If you're a man early on in your life and you see the woman and you know she's the one. Sometimes you could be like my wife and just say, you know I'm the one. Let's get to this. You might not remember that. You told me, you know I'm the one. Come on, get it together. <laughs> she just knew I was an idiot, so, you know, she would never call me that. But most of the time, you're not going to get it right away, even if she knows you're the one. You're going to have to make some phone calls. You're going to have to send some flowers. You're going to have to send some cards. You're going to have to say some nice things. You're going to have to give some compliments. You're going to need to prove yourself. You'd almost call it, you're going to have to chase after her. We call it playing hard to get. She's really not playing hard to get. She just wants to see if you really want her. God will sometimes take the blessing. I have the blessing for you. It's already here. But he'll put it behind him and say, do you want the blessing bad enough to come to me? To come into my presence? Because if you come to me, look what I have. You won't, even under, you won't even know what it is. You just know God has a blessing. But his blessing is so much. He wants you to, if you come to me, and when I reveal this to you, it's going to blow your mind. When Abraham was three days off, he saw it. He looked up and he said, I got it. I got it. He's made known unto me the mystery of his will. And he says, that's it, boys, because he had... His boy's with him. He said, that's it. That's it. I, I know. I know. How do you know? I don't know. I just know. I know it when I see it. I know it when I see it. You don't know because he told you. Now, I know this messes up some of your religion. But sometimes you don't know because he told you. You know because you know him. You don't know because he audibly spoke to you. And many of us are hearing so much from God. But you know, because I know, I know God. My knower knows that it knows. And you know, I don't know what kind of car, but I'll know it when I see it. I don't know which shirt, but I'll know it when I see it. I don't know which mountain is mine, but I'll know it when I see it. And without a description, without a detail, Abraham knows that that's the place. Because why? He discerned it. Let me tell you something. Better than the place is the ability to discern it. Better than the place. All of us want to seek after the place. We want to seek after the result. We want to seek after the end game. But better than the place is the ability to discern it. That's why God hides it. So you'll develop that instinct to know it when you see it. That's so why God doesn't give you clear direction every time about everything. Because there's something about your instincts that are pruned by the uncertainties of life. Why are there so many uncertainties in life? God doesn't give you specific, go down to the corner, make a left, go down three streets, make a right, and it'll be right there on your left under the big sign with the M, and it's lighted up in red. He doesn't tell us all of that. He just says, go, go down, go down college. And you say, and go, go. 
And we have to be obedient enough and trust him enough to go. Why? Because when I bless you, the Lord is saying, when I bless you, I'm going to bless you on a level that the imitators and spectators can't get to. That, that, that those, those thieves and robbers that want to take your blessing from you, they can't get it because they don't even recognize it. Because I'm speaking to you in spirit. I'm, I've given you blessings in, high, in spiritual places. Every spiritual blessing I've given to you in heavenly places. Those imitators, those, those, those spectators, those ones who talk about you. Come down off the wall. What are you doing? That's stupid. Why are you doing that? They can't see it because God is blessing you on a spiritual level that's going to level, that's going to manifest. And then they'll wonder, how did you get that? And you'll say, you didn't see all the times that I was on my knees. You didn't see all the time that I was searching after God and wondering and asking. You didn't see all the times that I doubted. And God said, don't doubt. And he strengthened my faith. And then I began to speak the word. And then results happen. You, didn't, you don't know all of those times. Yeah, eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. But he has revealed it. He has revealed. He will reveal the mystery of his will, but we have to step out first. See, Peter didn't walk on water till he got out of the boat. It was impossible. Can't walk on water till you step on the water. That's the way it is with God's will. We can't get the revelation of his will until we step out there. Pray, which way do you want me to go, Lord? What do you want me to do? Talk to me, Lord. And we have to understand that the more God reveals his will, the lesser the crowd that goes with you. Abraham had people with him. It wasn't just him and Isaac. He had his helpers. Come on, you know, Abraham, Abraham was a wealthy man. He had servants and helpers and people carrying wood and, and food, uh, you know, because it says when he was three days off, how long had he been working already? Walking already. How long had he been walking? I don't know. So he had to have all that. He had to have food. And the closer you get, the lesser the crowd is that goes with you. Why? Because revelation brings about separation sometimes. That's why you can't worry about everybody else. That's why you can't worry about people talking about you. You can't worry about people coming against you. You can't ask everybody. You can't ask everybody what to do. Sometimes this is not a consensus. Sometimes it, this is not, as it relates to my life and the will of God, a democracy. This is God that needs to speak to me. Maybe somebody real close to me who knows God's will for my life. God reveals his, his will and knowing what it is. And you know what? Knowing what God's will is very often will show you what it isn't. So I'm saying I'm getting to a point in my life where I can't make the same mistakes. And God, when he shows me his will, now I understand it's not that. Nope, I thought that was good, but it's not that either. And it's not that. You wonder why people, when they get older, seems like they, they, they have, you know, they, they, they hone in on things. They don't care about as many things. There's not a lot of clutter in their life. They don't have time for all of those things. I don't have time for all of that. He and the boy are going along. The boy is in his flesh because he says, Dad, I see the wood. I see the knife. Where's the sacrifice? See, your flesh will always ask you, Where's the sacrifice? 
because I don't see it. Your flesh wants to see it with its eyes. Your flesh lives in Missouri. Your flesh, show me. Show me. Show me first because I don't understand this. Your flesh goes by smell, touch, taste, feel, sight. Your flesh always points out the physical and not the spiritual. That's why we can't walk by flesh. Your flesh can't see the unseen hidden mystery that God himself shall provide. My God, you have, you have seen a lot of things, but there's so much more in the spirit that God wants to show us. Do you realize that God had to let him tie his son up, his own son, because God hid his will? He hid his will from Abraham. He had to let him tie him up. He had to let him raise the knife to sacrifice without ever telling him it wasn't his son that he wanted. He was that close to killing the wrong one because in the midst of him raising the knife, God spoke to him again. And if he, if he didn't have his spiritual ear on to hear, he would have killed the wrong one. Folks, we can't go off of what God used to say. God gave a great word yesterday, last week, last year. He gave a great prophecy for your life, for this church, for whatever, three years ago. But what is God saying today? Does God speak once and that's it? Or does God lead you? Does God show you? Obeying old revelation would have killed Abraham's son. If we live off of what God used to say and don't live off of what God is saying today, we will kill what God wants to keep. We'll end up killing what God wants to keep. And you say, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would he tell me to do that? See, you don't understand God. You just don't understand him because it's not in the killing of what you're, he told you to kill, but it's in your faith to him and your obedience to him. And not even to prove to him, to prove to you. To prove to you that you're obedient to God. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but every word, come on, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just because God told you to raise the knife doesn't mean he wants you to kill your son. And so, Lord, open my ears so that I can hear the interruptions that come in my life. So that I'm not so religious and routine that I'm walking where you were. I don't want to walk where you were. I want to walk where you are. If Abraham would have raised his knife and slayed his son, he would have been obeying what God said yesterday. Take now thy son, thy only son. And offer him up as a burnt offering. You know what a burnt offering is in the Old Testament? That means stabbing him, catching the blood in a pan, setting his flesh on fire. That's what happens when you walk in history and not destiny. Too many of us going around walking in history and not destiny. We're walking in tradition and not triumph. Come on, somebody. We're walking in religion and not revelation. God is spirit. He wants us to walk in revelation, not religion. Religion kills, starts wars, raises conflict, burns things up. <laughs> we can kill people being religious and not relational. We can kill people being that way. But relation kills.
kills the hand of religion, stops it in its track. You know, I've been praying about something in our group, in our church, uh, for some years now. That's small groups that I've told you that we're going to start a little bit later on this year. And, it, it, you know, it seems like two years is a long time to be praying about something. It's like, God, can you just tell me how this is supposed to go? It doesn't feel good when you're a leader and you have to get in front of people and say, I don't know. I don't know. There are times in your life where God has told you something, but it seems like he's been vague. And people and the enemy and your flesh will press you about what you're supposed to be doing. And you have to say, I don't know. And one of the worst things we can do is just make up something. Because we don't want to be embarrassed and we don't want to look bad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We cannot live off of what God used to say. Why? Because a real word from God is worth waiting for. A real word from God is worth waiting for. God's already finished your life. He's got the whole strategy. But it's only in the revealing it's only in the revealing that we can walk out this Christian life. Because if he showed you too much too fast, we just mess it all up. It's just like when Jesus walked the earth. I'm sure all of his disciples and all those who were around him, I would have been the same way. They wanted to crown him before they crossed him. And you see, if you crown him before you cross him, you'll abort the purpose of God. Sequences everything when it comes to the will of God. It's everything. Sometimes when he shows you something, you can't tell everybody because they can't handle it. It has to be hidden for a while. But it's just our flesh nature that we want to run out and tell everybody what God is saying. We want to tell everybody. Listen, if Joseph would have kept his mouth shut, things might have gone a lot smoother for him. But he wanted to tell his brothers, I would have too. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Moses came back down from the mountain. He was in the presence of God. And the Bible says that glory shined on his face. I imagine glory beams shooting from his face. And he came back. And by the way, he came back. Anytime you come back and, and your, your assistant pastor is there and people are running around naked worshiping a, a golden calf, you know, the assistant pastor got to get fired. You know, you, you fired now. You fired. But you know what? God didn't allow Moses to fire Aaron because he was the high priest. Because out of humiliation comes a humility that makes him ready for the master's use. See, when you, when you, when you, when, when you, when you are humbled by God, when you are humbled by God, you become less critical and more available. So don't be afraid to be humbled by God. And that's not part of the message. I just threw that in for free. But what is part of the message is that Moses came down with glory on his face, showing on his face because he had been in the presence of God, just like the seraphim who are on fire because they're in the presence of God. God wants you to come into his presence so he can set you on fire. So that way, now when you walk, when you walk out this walk, you'll be able to walk on water in the midst of turmoil because you've been in his presence. You've been in his presence. Sometimes God lets you seek because as you seek him, 
He brings you into another realm of glory. Why, Lord? Why me? Why now? Why didn't you show me? Why didn't you tell me? He says, I didn't mean to tell you because if I would have given it to you without the seeking, without the groveling, you would have lost the opportunity of knowing me. Abraham said that you, Lord, are my very great reward. Instead of us seeking blessings, we need to seek the blessing, which is God himself. The blessing to walk in the anointing. You know, we wonder, God, how I've, I've said all the scriptures the right way and, and we, we've done these formulas. But God is saying, listen, seek my face. If you come into my presence, I'll show you how it's done. I'll show you how it's done. I'll show you what to do, but you got to come to me to do it. There's no shortcuts. If you try to come up this way, you try to come up that way, there's no shortcuts to it. Come to me, I'll teach you everything. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to walk in this life. Peter said, where will I go, Lord? When Jesus said, are you going to leave me too? Where will I go? You have eternal life in your words. I'll stay with you even when I don't understand it. I'll stay with you when I'm lonely. I'll stay with you when I'm frustrated. I'll stay with you when I'm tired. I'll stay with you even when I don't understand where to go or what to do. I'll stay with you. I'll raise my hand to slay my son, that thing that is most precious to me. I'll raise my hand to kill it if it comes between you and me, knowing that you have a plan even though I don't understand it. Why didn't you tell me that you had a ram tied up in the thicket? Because your loyalty would have not have been proven. And let me tell you something. Let me just leave you with this. I don't know where you are right now in your journey. Maybe you're going up a mountain. Maybe you're seeking God. Maybe you don't understand everything. Maybe God's told you something and you're, you, you don't quite understand what the end is going to be or why he has me going this way. It looks like something's going to die. looks like my most precious thing is going to die when I get to the top of this mountain, Lord. But what you have to understand is while you're going up the mountain with your questions, the answer is coming up the other side of the mountain. The ram was coming up the mountain ready to get caught in the thicket. You can't see the other side of the mountain. You're going up this side. Your provision is coming up the other side. We just have to trust that when we get there, when we get to where God has us going, he already has the provision. He's already been there. He's already seen it. He's seen every obstacle and he's already taken care of it. You can't be discouraged because of a moment. <laughs> I didn't explain to you that I had a ram in the bush because you learned something in the uncertainty that you wouldn't have learned any other way. So God, what are you saying? What are you saying? He says, you've been praying. You've been praying for me to tell you what to do and what to see. And what I really want you to do is praise me for what you cannot see. And I, I, listen, Paul said to pray without ceasing. Men ought always to pray through prayer and supplication. We pray every Sunday here. You know I'm not speaking against prayer, but sometimes we just pray and we pray and we pray for things that God told us to speak to the thing, 
to speak to it. Praise me for the answer and stop praying for your hope. Your hope is already here. I've given it to you. Praise me for the answer. So God says to you this day, praise him for what he has in store. Hold on to the promises that he's already given you. Hold on to it. Praise him. Praise him.